0: Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 95, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says, get the basics in place. Yes, it means it takes a little longer to get going, but you know what, it is worth it in the long run because it means that things are gonna flow more smoothly. Must agree with that one. Now, joining me on today's show is Angela Henderson. Now, when it comes to starting a new business, Angela is the fairy godmother that entrepreneurs turn to to ensure they nail their foundations. She's the founder of the highly successful online store Finley & Me, and Angela taps into decades worth of knowledge Thank you. the cat how to grow a thriving enterprise and she pours into it her business consulting clients. She's a proud Canadian living in Brisbane with her Tasmanian born husband and two children. Angela is connected internationally with up and coming entrepreneurs and big name business champions. Now on today's show Angela is going to share that we need to understand the foundations to grow a sustainable business. So we're going to dive into what those are. She's also going to talk about the importance of mental health in business that's something that we don't often talk about as well as using the power of networks to collaborate and to connect welcome to the show
1: good morning emory lovely to connect and yes so glad to be here
0: yeah absolutely love what we're going to talk about today because I think so often we have dreams of starting a business we're gonna hang our shingle out well that was in the olden days now put our Facebook <laughs> ad up you know get out there with the social media sit back and watch all of the business flow and sadly we get a bit disappointed because there's so many more steps in place especially too once we we start to grow if we don't have key foundations in place it's very hard to build a, a you know and scale our business and also mental health I think that's something that we don't often talk about so just share with us if you will on a briefly your story your journey of entrepreneurship is that something you've always wanted to do?
1: Well, listen, I'm a trained mental health clinician of 15 years by trade. So being an entrepreneur wasn't something that just was, I guess, in my blood, you could say. It was more... My little boy, Finley, was born, and as I was sitting there getting some toys, you know, and Christmas presents together, I thought, man, there has to be something better than all this plastic. Now, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I do have plastic in my house. You know, I'm not the most environmentally friendly I try to be, but I was just like everything we were buying from him was breaking or it needed to be battery operated. And I just thought back when I was a child growing up in Canada so many of my fondest memories are outside making you know snow angels or picking the raspberries when we finally had warm weather um you know and things like that so i was just in there going there's got to be other things out there and that's where my first business idea started was with finley and me and finley and me we still have it's winding down a little bit because angela henderson consulting has taken off but the, the full essence of that was i wanted a place where uh we could have educational toys and baby products that allowed kids to use their imagination to work on fine motor skill development, imaginary play, but most importantly, to create those fond childhood memories that I had also growing up as a child. So we predominantly would have wooden toys in our store that, again, there was no no, no one telling you what to do with it. The kids could make their own play. So you could have one toy, and it could be played with in hundreds of different ways, depending yeah. on where the child was developmentally, um, what their skill set was, etc. And that was the, the nature of Finley and me. Um, I then decided from a strategy point of view to add a blog to Finley and Me. and I did that because I wanted to be able to tap into the struggles that my ideal client was having, which was, you know, moms. And from that, I've become one of Australia's leading parenting bloggers, which has given me a wealth of opportunity. I work with Netflix as one of their top 30 bloggers here in Australia and New Zealand. I work with companies like Spotlight, P&O, Cruises, Club Med, a whole bunch of local, national and international brands. So. Because of that, I was able to monetize Finley and me, not just from the product side, but from mm. the blogging side. So, That's yeah. so
0: exciting. So just share with people because so many people now are aware of what blogging is um, and I say that because if I think back to 10 years ago when I would say to people that I was doing a podcast, they'd say, well, what's a podcast? And so thankfully, uh, the industry has caught up. So from the time that you started blogging to the time that you started to get noticed and, and were working then with some of those bigger brands, what was that time frame?
1: I'd probably say if I had to think, probably about 18 to 24 months. Mm. And I think the reason why it was expedited so quickly is what we'll talk about later is the power of networking. So I positioned myself where leading other bloggers were. I went to those conferences, I made those connections, and I expedited my learning because of that. So nice. if I would have just kind of sat in the shadows and didn't really know what to do or to ask for help, I think, again, it probably would have taken me three or four years to get noticed, and by then, things would have shifted again. Um, I would say it's similar to podcasting. Like, I've just started my own podcast, The Business and Life Conversations with Angela Henderson, and I knew nothing about podcasting, but I reached out to my VA, who specifically does podcasting alone, and do the means, so all I do is record, and she does the rest of it. So I had, again, two choices. Try and figure it out myself, and that would have taken me longer, or find the people and surround myself by those people that know how to do it mm. and then just you
0: know what I mean, full-scale ahead. Yeah, fantastic. Well, let's dive into the foundations because I'm sure those foundations that we need to have in place to grow a sustainable business are very much foundations that you had in place to then grow uh, the business, Finley and Me, the blog, and now, of course, in your consulting business. So what are those foundations?
1: So listen, I guess I'll start with an analogy that I use, and the analogy that I use is the three little pigs. Everyone pretty much has read that story either multiple times themselves or have read it to their own children multiple times. The analogy that I use is, if you have a business made out of hay or a business made out of straw, like so many businesses that come to consult with me do, it, does, it wouldn't take much for it to fall over. Mm-hmm. It could be a bad month in sales, it could be your husband or someone passing away or getting you know, unwell. Um, and so what I believe is, is that you need to build a business made of bricks. And so it obviously is gonna take longer to establish, it's not as quick, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit more expensive because bricks cost more than hay and straw. But I believe if you can do it and do it right the first time that you're mm-hmm. not kind of back- backpedaling along the way. So things that I really look at when I start working of my clients is really knowing who your ideal client is and i know it gets talked about so often but yet so many people don't I do, do it. it i just had two calls yesterday and they're like no i'm selling and i'm starting email sequences and i'm all that but i and i go but to who and they're like you know and they're like give me this long spiel these people between this age and this age, and i was like wrong 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 mm-hmm. i was like you you you're just fluff right now you actually can't give me a, sol- a solid answer in regards to who your ideal client is So too many people, and I think it's the fear of missing out or the downside of social media, is they jump the guns to selling or they Mm. jump the guns to the advertising. But if you start advertising and you don't have a foundational website built that has a clear message of what you do and who you're serving, Mm -hmm. you automatically are, do you know what I mean, your credibility, your authority, and all that starts to crumble. So there's no point doing yeah, the advertising and the welcome sequences and growing that if you don't if you're gonna drive them back to something's horrible. So number one is knowing who your ideal client is. Number two is really understanding what you what problem you're solving for mm-hmm. your um, ideal clients and what solution you're going to give them and be able to frame that. I call it your personal statement, which has a benefit and an outcome. Mm-hmm. So for mine is I help entrepreneurs develop their foundational framework they need, that's the benefit. The outcome is for business and future growth. Mm. So you really need to be looking at what are you doing? The other thing people forget is that they talk so often about themselves on their website. So you go there, people aren't going to listen to you. No. They're not. Mm. So above the fold on your screen, for example, which is pretty much before you were to scroll on your mobile or your desktop, mm-hmm. you need. You only have six seconds to, com- to tell someone exactly what you do and give them a reason to stay. The world is so noisy right now with... All the social media that you've got to have a clear, do you know what I mean? A clear statement yeah. and a clear call to action. So those are a few things, Anne-Marie, Like I say, ideal clients. Yeah. And I'm not saying spend tens of thousands of dollars on a website because I could probably hear people are people are rolling their eyes. I don't have the money. Mm. You can get free websites, you know, that just have a simple frame. You're better off having a landing page that says your website is under construction if you'd like me to get in contact, here's my email address Mm -hmm. and here's this and email them and then do a follow-up call than to have a horrible website because I do think it is the messing up with people's overall conversions, Mm -hmm. authority building, et cetera. Yeah,
0: I think one of the things that becomes very much apparent is as we're starting to share our marketing message, if we're not tracking and monitoring things, we can't tweak it. And I think a lot of people think about building, you know, big fancy websites or, and then I have heard people spending thousands of dollars, yet they haven't really clearly determined who's my idea client, what's my unique voice in all of, you know, what's going on online and they still really struggle to build the momentum that they need, and then they give up and they walk away, but they just needed to tweak some of those key elements. If you wanna to say to someone, if you're looking at all of the, the different foundations, uh, if if they realize that they haven't really done that, the first thing would really be go back and revisit who it is that we're trying to really make a difference in the lives, who are our ideal clients, because that will then determine your message, where you go networking, the sites that you share your content on, where is my ideal client? So that's a really good starting point if people are hearing you and thinking, you know what, we really need to do that. Would that be a fair thing to assume?
1: Absolutely. And I guess even if you take it one step back is do you have a viable product? Mm. Have you surveyed audiences? I mean, there are so many free Facebook groups that you can survey and ask questions to validate your product because my thing is is so many people are dropping tens of thousands of dollars on product manufacturing over in Australia or overseas, they're bringing them back and then nothing sells. Mm. And they're like, why isn't anything selling? And I'll say, but how did you survey your audience to know that this is a problem they had and that this is the solution they needed? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. So to me, it's like you're better off failing fast by coming up with an idea, working with a consultant or whatever and testing it and just going, you know what, your idea You know, it was great, but it's not what the market needs. Let's wrap it up and move on to something else. So really to me is product validation, knowing your ideal client and from that, your messaging. If you can't nail those three things, don't even look at content marketing. Don't look at Facebook ads you know, yeah, I'm a strong believer that your foundations must be solidified before trying to do all the other things.
0: Yeah. I heard uh, a great story once where someone went through that product development and validating whether it was a good idea or not. And after they came up with the concept and done a little bit of research from the people that they knew were their ideal clients, what they did is they set up a um, one of those Kickstarter campaigns, a funding yes, campaigns. absolutely. And that, the first one sold out like straight away and then they realised, you know what, people are actually putting dollars behind it and mm-hmm. from there they were able to manufacture and then do a second and a third and that's how they built their business. There's no greater vi- validation or feedback than people parting with their dollars to invest I in, couldn't in I couldn't yeah. agree more. You're absolutely right. And Another thing
1: that you can always do is you can... Um, it's kind of like the old infra commercials. Remember back in the day they'd be at like eleven o'clock at night and you'd be up just so tired and they'd be like, Oh my goodness, only a hundred of these left and da, da da. All of those products that were on those TV shows, they weren't all they weren't manufactured. They were seeing how many people would convert before they yeah. went to manufacturing. And it's the same thing if you're setting a coaching program or even a webinar or anything like that. You can always create a landing page. And see if people, do you know what I mean, are going to convert. And even if you only get a handful of people, you can always refund those people. Mm. You know, yeah. So a lot of people will kind of create like module one on a course, and then they kind of will talk about what the what the rest of the course outline will look like. But they've got module one ready to go. So if the sales do come in, they can implement it right away. Mm. Um, Chris Ducker talks about it in his new book, and so does James Remco. You know, two different individuals that I look up to is always see if you can pre-sell first if you can't validate it from there fail fast
0: yeah absolutely fantastic so let's then talk about mental health and business because we can have the best foundations in place the product is could be selling off the shelf but if we're not looking after ourselves mentally that can also really stretch us thin and even take us out so what are some things that we need to know yeah,
1: so I guess, listen, I'm quite open about my own anxiety and depression, and uh, it's there's not a lot of people that talk about it, I find, and so I'm very open about that, and I find that as an entrepreneur, I mean, there is other things that cause my anxiety and depression. I don't think it was contributed from business. I think it was that I was still working full-time as a mental health clinician. There's a few variables, but what I do often find, though, is at the moment is there is so much from some of those big-wig entrepreneurs that they keep saying, hustle, hustle, hustle. You must do this. You must do this, but what they're not talking about is what the what the overall detriment is if you go mm-hmm. at that full speed. Now, if you're a single man or woman, you don't have children and you're only working part-time, you can probably go a lot faster than someone who's a mom with one or two kids still mm-hmm. working full-time, dealing with you know, a partner, et cetera. So what I say is is be mindful about falling into the trap of having to hustle. I mm. think you need to work hard in order to have a successful business, but it doesn't mean you have to hustle twenty four hours a day at the detriment of your health, your family, your friends. you know, things change when you start to have a business. You don't see people as often. So what I say is don't fall into the trap of hustle. Work hard, but you mm. don't have to hustle. Two, in regards to self-care, Find what you need. I'm not going to sit here and preach and say drink green smoothies, wake up at four o'clock in the morning, and do the miracle morning because that might not be for Mm. you. I hate mornings. I'd rather sleep till eleven and work till midnight. So, and I drink cans of diet coke like it's the Rio Grande River. Right? (laughs) Is it great for me? No, but I'm not chugging wine. You know. Mm. So you got to find your balance. So find something that works for you as an outlet. Whatever it is. I'm not even saying running or you know running riding a bike but I do say find something yeah Um, so yeah so don't fall into the hustle find something that you like um, and stay true you know to your family and friends because I find that once you start taking your business and you start to disconnect from the people that love you and that you love them It does impact your mood. So always make sure you've got time for family and friends.
0: I love that you're speaking into that because I can see that happening as well. You know, the the fact that when you are sitting there for five or 10 minutes and think I really need to be working, that in itself can really be draining. And how often are business owners working on unproductive tasks? Yes, they're busy and we tend to wear that with a badge of honour. But really, if we took a step back and said, is that really the best use of your time? No, it's not. And that hustle, hustle. Hustle, you're actually working on the wrong tasks. Outsource that, delegate it or automate it, or even eliminate it because it's not contributing to everything that we need to be doing. And if we have all of those key foundations in place that you mentioned. It should be building that momentum and things um, should be flowing so that it's not always grind, grind, grind because you've got those key foundations. It's such a great reminder. And let's face it, we can be far more productive when we are feeling fit, healthy, emotionally as well than if we're so drained Uh, and we can't focus and concentrate. So um, I'm 150% behind you on that one. Now let's talk about the power of networks to collaborate and connect because one of the things that you said was there was that short time when you started your blog and then started to really get noticed and and speaking to some key players. And you said that very much attributed to the fact that you did go to the networking events where other bloggers who you wanted to get in contact with were there. So what are some key steps looking back? What are the key steps that you took that really enabled you to get your name, get your brand uh, out in front of those key people? I guess
1: again, you have to look at technology and technology so people, it's a wonderful thing, but it's also a detriment. So I think you need to go back to the basics and connect with human beings face to face. So I guess step one is get off your butt and out from the computer and get into real life. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to drop copious amounts of money. There are an enormous amount of free events in any pretty much city, even country towns. There's there's something readily available. Mm. Get out, it's because it's those people who you might, you're not gonna connect with everyone, but if you connect with one person at every event you go to and you go to two or three a month and they start talking about you and you start talking about them and you team up to do a giveaway, your business will ultimately flourish. So one is look at, you know, get behind the computer and start getting real again. And I call it the hugs and the handshake method that I learned from Lou Mangella over in the United States when I was with Chris Ducker's retreat a few years ago in the Philippines. And what he says is, when you are able to give people a hug and a handshake, there's an an immediate emotional connection. There's mm-hmm. a memory that is embedded within yourself and within the other human being that you cannot get through technology. So even though, like today, we're connecting on Zoom and it's it's kind of second best to eat like before email, you know, and all that. But the reality of it is, is you and I would be able to connect on a much greater level I if we were in the room together doing this today. It's just the way mm-hmm. the world is. So what I say is. There's an element of human connection that is missing, and because of that, you need to go back to networking. Like, you think back in the day, the Yellow Pages, people, all they did, we didn't have technology to make sales, but yet so many businesses did beautiful and are millionaires, you know, from going back and giving hugs and a handshake. So one, give behind the desk. Two, invest in yourself. So... I also see a lot of people that will go to the free events, which are great as a stepping tool, but the mm-hmm. next thing I had to do is I had to invest in myself and believe in myself, and I did that based on, again, where my ideal, um, not client is, but where like my the co-working people, the like-minded mm-hmm. people that I wanted to be with. So like I said, I went to Chris Ducker. That was a $10,000 event at Tropical Think Tank, and a lot of people might be gasping, but I made that money back within like six to eight weeks from when I came back from that event. All right. Because you had only 50 entrepreneurs from around the world drinking mojitos, sitting in a pool, doing talking about business and like in this creative space. Um, And then you had nine of the world's top entrepreneurs that you ate breakfast, lunch and dinner with. So you it was a phenomenal experience. Mm. The other experience is I'm going to the Maldives in, in six weeks from now with James Shremko from Superfast Business. And we board a yacht for seven days but we mastermind with nine Mm -hmm. other businesses for the entire time so yes it is a lot of money and i didn't start there but once you kind of get over those free things Mm -hmm. you know invest a couple hundred dollars then a little bit more you should always really be investing anywhere from five to ten percent of your overall profit back into your business because it's again through the power of networking and learning you will accentuate your business substantially. Yeah,
0: one of the things I think that I want to pick up on, and this is something that I will often see, particularly for women in business, they'll go to business events where they, they feel comfortable, which can often be with people that they already know, which is great. However, those people that you already know may not necessarily be the alliance partners that you want to start to collaborate with and network with from a business point of view. So, and you said, I think, that some of the key people you connected with were already doing great things in your industry, which got you in front of Spotlight and all those others. So, and that's, again, like niching, isn't it? Or, or looking at who our ideal clients is, uh, are, it's who are our ideal collaboration partners who are already doing things in their, in the space that I want to get to know and, and build a relationship with. What were you to, would you say to people, maybe around some mindset stuff, because that can be scary stepping out of your comfort zone what are some things that you did so that you could show up with confidence and start having those collaborative conversations or those conversations
1: listen i'd love to say i look at mindset but i guess i'm kind of very black or white i just do it you know so i normally show up as you can see that i'm in a hoodie i'm in my sneakers either like me or you don't, and I just am like, good day, how are you? I'm Ange. So I guess Mm -hmm. for me, I haven't had to, I guess, overcome a mindset around that particular thing. But I just say it's kind of like, you know, I'm not saying I don't get nervous because you're meeting new people all the time. Um, but the fact is it's kind of like riding a bike. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. You speak better. You, you know, hugs and handshake a lot more, you know, even at all of my events, everyone that comes in, they have to give me a hug and they're kind of like, I'm a hugger, you know, and they're kind of like, oh, you can see them like, oh my God, this lady's touching me, you know, but, um, I, so I, I just say like, you got to get out there and do it. I also say that, um, there's a quote that I read once is you never want to be the smartest person in the room. If you look around and you're the smartest person in the room, you're at a wrong networking event because Mm. you should always – you never want to be the smartest because if you're the smartest, you're the one that's giving all the information and you're not able to take – I'm not saying be the taker all the time or be the giver, but you need a fine balance of being able to help people while Mm. at the same time getting something back. Because if not, you're just going to these networking events and they're not actually growing your business. Yes. So you need to be mindful that you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah,
0: great, great uh, point. So in other words, I think for some of us, uh, and they, they are, I'm gonna get feedback all the time, networking events, it's really hard. But I think sometimes we put too much emphasis on, on that. Just be yourself. Go and introduce someone, uh, you know, yourself to someone. Go into a group of, that are already chatting. And many of us, that's the thing, many of the people who are there, always have a bit of apprehension themselves. But if you really start off conversation and with that real relationship first and not... Because the people go to the other extreme too where all they do is they push their business card in front of (laughs) you. And that's the wrong way to network as well. Relationships first because you really don't know who um, is in the room and who you can support through sharing connections with your existing network. So thinking about businesses who are maybe starting out and who really uh, are just in the, the first stages of really getting their business off the ground. It can be really overwhelming thinking about all the different things that we need to do. But I think I think something that you said, and I want you to just to, to re-emphasize this as we close the show, you don't have to have everything in place, do we? And in actual fact, don't. Start just So map out, if you were to take three steps, the three key action steps that people should focus on, um, what would they be to get their business off the ground?
1: Yep, so number one, again, like I said earlier, it's their product. Go into Facebook groups, which are free tools. Talk about you know what their struggles are. Think about how your product is going to help them or your service is going to help them and start to validate that. Two, again, go back to your ideal client. And three, your messaging, what do you stand for? Those to me are the first three things, not not even open up a social media page, don't do an Instagram page. And I guess the other thing that I, if I did have to say something is so often people early in business are always looking for the next free opt-in. Like, oh, I'm gonna sign up for that opt-in and it's gonna solve all my problems. But people need to remember is opt-ins are a great way for you to start to realize that you've got to do something different, mm-hmm. but you're never going to get the entire puzzle piece to that opt-in because opt-ins are just a way to nurture a relationship. We mm-hmm. all do it. Mm-hmm. So for those people in business who might not know that, please don't go and, oh, Ange has an opt-in or Anne Marie has an opt-in and this has an opt-in because people I feel are also getting equally engrossed with doing free things That and or you go to YouTube and that's all fine. It will help you but it's never going to advance you as quickly as you want. So just be mindful of that when you're you know, looking at building your own foundation. Yeah,
0: one of the things one of my mentors told me years ago, which is so so true, if you're not investing in yourself, then how do you expect your clients to invest in you? And often if we are going free, 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 free stuff and not investing, and it can be small and it can, can build from that, there is something around the self-worth I think and you
1: know 100% and I say to people when they come to me for I said whether or not you go with me as your business consultant or whoever you go with to me there's three elements that people really need to focus on when you're looking at working with someone is one do have they have they actually owned their own business from scratch have Mm -hmm. they actually been through the overwhelm the struggles etc two are they connected so you know there's nothing worse than going to someone and they're like oh yeah you need a website or you need this but now go spend hours trying to find it do they have connections that can help you grow fast and three is do they like you said invest in themselves so i've come back from social media marketing world i'm going to the mail dives you know because you always have to be upskilling yourself in Mm -hmm. order to have the skill sets for your clients so Those things, I do agree with you. You have to be able to invest in yourself. You have to be connected, and you have to understand running a business.
0: Yeah, so true. So without any further ado, Angela, share with people. How can they get in contact with you? How can you support them?
1: Yeah, so I guess I'm all about you guys building a relationship and getting to know me. So the best way probably is to two things. Either join my Facebook group, which is the Australian Business Collaborative. There's about 3,300 businesses in there. And it's different than any other group. Again, we tell jokes in there. It's a supportive group, but you can ask questions. So it's a little bit different than your typical business group. Um, and then two is, um, you know, listen to my podcast, uh, which is Business and Life Conversations Podcast with Angela Henderson. And through those avenues, you'll start to learn, you know, I do a business retreat and things like that. But for now, I just want to build a relationship with you and get to know you guys.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And, of course, we'll put all of the links on how to connect with Angela on our show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash uh, w-i-l-9-5 look thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing I think it's so important to talk about the practical aspects the foundations as well as the mental aspects because if we're not taking care of ourselves mentally and emotionally that's going to wear us out and we just can't show up and be the best that we can be in our business so thanks once again for coming on the show well
1: thank you so much for having me anne and I hope you have a wonderful day
0: You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools, and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini-training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini trading. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.